I always wanted that life of travel and we both did. It was unconventional. What we did was unconventional. I know a lot of people who had the same dreams, who had good jobs, just like I did, who would never walk away. And we walked away. It was a tough choice, but it was also easy at the same time because I knew what I wanted. This is Debbie, and welcome to another episode of Beat Off Beat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. All right, so we've been talking about landing a remote job for a while now, but the one thing you're probably most curious about is how to learn the online skills you need to land these jobs. I'm not just talking about getting a brief introduction, but learning from actual accredited schools so you can be taken seriously when you apply for these jobs. You've been waiting for a while, and I'm really sorry about that, but I have finally created a whole page listing the best courses to take from teaching English online to becoming a freelance writer and so much more, all from trusted sources that will get you that remote job. So if you're ready and serious to take the next step, then visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. Again, you can visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. In this episode, I'm so excited to speak with Frank, who is the co-founder of Barbecue Boy and Spanky, which is a unique travel blog. Frank, along with his wife Lizette, are a Canadian-American couple who lived in Montreal for over 20 years, but left Canada to travel full-time. They're slow travelers, usually staying in one location for a month or two and using it as a base to explore a different region. Their travels have taken them through Asia, Africa, and Europe, and in 2020, they decided to work on getting a permanent residency in Europe, and they're now living in southern Spain. So listen on to find out how Frank and his wife have been able to afford slow travel. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to speak with my guest today. I'm here with Frank. Hey Frank, how are you? Hi there Debbie, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. There's so much to your story. Can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? Well, uh, we live an offbeat life because I've always dreamed of traveling and we've made that happen. The last seven years we left Canada seven years ago, we traveled the world. And over the last year, we settled down here in Spain and we're currently working towards our our permanent residency in Spain. So I've done everything I ever wanted to, traveled, uh, lived overseas. Uh, We're not planning on going back anytime. So we're happy. Uh, It's exactly what we planned. That is pretty incredible that you're able to live this nomadic lifestyle. So how did you, I know you're together with your wife, Lizette, how did you decide to leave the normal life, right? The normal life that most people have and decided to live on the road. Well, uh, I've always had the dream. Uh, I lived in Africa for a few years as a kid. Uh, I traveled around a lot. Uh, I lived on the West Coast of Canada. I lived in Ottawa. went to University in Montreal by myself. I had a lot of influences, um, specifically my mother and father who've always traveled so it's always been in my in mind. And when I used to go to university, I would meet my mother in Africa. And it just excited me. The whole idea of traveling always excited me. And in my 20s, I lived a, a, 
uh, the usual lifestyle. I got a, a good job. I, I worked. I had a son. I was previously married. But I always dreamt of one day I w- that I would travel, that I would f- travel full time. And uh, circumstances changed, and I met Lizette. And the first year I met her in 2005, I said to her, I want to travel the world. And she was, she was okay with that. She's, she's from New York. She had moved to Canada uh, 20 years before. So she, she didn't feel she was based anywhere. She didn't feel grounded anywhere. And she was ready to just, just travel the world. So we agreed to that in 2005, 2006. And it took a few years to make that happen. But we did it when we were in, in 2014 when we were both in our 40s. And we left Canada. And since then, we've been traveling. Wow, that's pretty incredible. And it's pretty amazing, too, when you meet someone who is all for it, right? And you don't have to kind of convince them to live this unconventional lifestyle that you and Lizette both have. So you mentioned that it took you a few years to get to the point where you can finally leave. How did you prepare for that journey? What did you do to make sure that this transition would be smoother? And I guess you can't really prepare fully, but how did you do that? together? There were a few things involved. I mean, firstly, finances. You want to make sure that you're financially secure. I had a good job when we first met. I had a very good job. I just thought I'd milk it as long as I possibly could. And and so I did for a few years more than I really wanted to. So that was one thing. But then also I had a condo in Montreal and I wanted to be able to rent it out when we left. So we spent the last year renovating it. But then there were there were a few other things. I had a son who was older, and I wanted to wait until he was university age before I left. So there were all these little things. And then by the time we hit 2013, 2014, we said, okay, we're ready to do it. Yeah. And you also said that you did this when you were in your 40s. And a lot of people think that you can only do this when you're young, when you're in your 20s, maybe early 30s, right? But you know, people tell you when you're in your 40s, you have to settle down, you have to (laughs) be an adult, right? But you and Lizette did this when you're in your 40s, and you're still doing it now, and you're loving it. So what was that like? What (laughs) I mean, did you get a lot of pushback? How was that transition for you? I mean, was there any doubts or even stressors for you during this um, situation and really stage in your life? Actually, I think it's a, the more conventional way to do it is that you work, you make your money, you save your money, and you're at a point where your kids have grown up and they've got their own lives. It, it just makes more sense to me. And unlike maybe a lot of uh, the people you have on the show, I didn't have a digital job to go to. When we left Montreal, Lizette was able to continue her, her job. She had a marketing job and she continued that for a few years uh, until she was downsized in 2019. But really for us, it was about being in the proper position. And I've met a lot of people traveling who don't really have savings. They travel, but they're stressed. You can tell they're not really enjoying it, that they're always wondering, well, what am I going to do to to make ends meet? Where am I going to be in 20 years from now? And uh, am I ever going to have kids or get married? (laughs) Well, (laughs) That, that was in the past for both of us. So I just think it was, it's easier this way. Now we don't really have any worries. We, we don't have to worry about all those things. 
we're comfortable. That's a really good point, Frank, because it's so much more, I guess, easier for you. And you mentioned, too, that you waited until your son was in university before you did this as well. So this is a really good way to do it. Right. And you have the savings. You're not stressing out. And I do agree with you. A lot of people just leave their day job. They don't have maybe a plan and they just work as they go. And it is, it's a lot of stress when you're able to do that. And sometimes you actually have to come home because it's not sustainable. That type of lifestyle is not sustainable. So the way you did this is actually really smart. And I don't think a lot of people think of it that way. (laughs) I think, you know, everybody has a different path. I, I think everybody has a different path. Different things happen in your life. And sometimes you just have to, there's always a fork in the road and you have to make a decision. Love that. Yes, that's really true. I mean, I guess you have to decide what's right for you at that moment, you know, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond that. I don't think there's really anything wrong with trying something new at any age. And as long as it's something that you want to do and what you love to do, it's all right, right? (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with that. So you talked about you leaving and you didn't have a digital job. How did you actually create income once you left aside from Lizette's marketing job? Did you do something else to be able to sustain yourself aside from just your savings? Well, initially, uh, I also rented out our condo in Montreal. The mortgage was paid. So I just, that was monthly income and it was dependable income, but After three years of traveling, uh, our renters decided that they wanted to move to the suburbs. And uh, so then I I came to the decision, do I find other renters, which would require me to go back and handle paperwork and do all that, or do I sell it? And at that point, we, we were three years into it. And we were happy with our lifestyle. And we just said, you know what? We're never going to live in Montreal again. It's not going to happen. So let's just sell it. So I, I went home. I sold it within a few weeks, arranged for the shipping of all our stuff, which was in storage. And basically everything, all our physical possessions in Montreal uh, were let go. So that was that as far as the rental goes. But we had the cash in the account. And so that's good. The stock markets have been doing well. After that, I didn't have anything to monetize. But when Lizette lost her job, our blog's been doing well. So in 2019, I said, oh, well, maybe it's time to monetize the blog, which was up to then more of a hobby than anything. So we've monetized and uh, it's done well. And that's right now, it's uh, that and our savings. That's what we live off. That's pretty amazing. I love that. Now let's talk about your blog. And you said that you didn't have any idea and this was just a hobby in the beginning, but then you decided to start making money from that. How did you make that happen? I always enjoyed writing, photography. It was more of a uh, keeping track of our travels. That's why I set it up initially. I just thought it this is going to be nice to look back on in 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. And then it got popular. We have a, some, some users who come back all the time, readers. And at a certain point, I said, you know, we're getting enough traffic. I can maybe do something. And it was brand new to me because I really, I haven't had experience blogging. I, a lot of the people I've seen with blogs have former backgrounds in journalism or SEO or 
So it's, it's all been new to me. But I decided to monetize, and it's been piece by piece, really. I mean, it's uh, just little things. I started with affiliates. Once my traffic got to the proper level, I joined up with Mediavine. Uh, I do sponsor posts. And uh, lately, I just joined up with uh, YouTube. And so now uh, I've just started doing YouTube videos and having fun with that. So it's just adjusting and learning and uh, having fun with it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just a little bit at a time. And I think the great thing about your lifestyle is that you're able to do this and to commit to it without really being stressed because you had all of these other things that you prepared, the real estate that you have. And then uh, Lizette had her uh, marketing job until 2019. And then you're able to now do this blog that you have, which is pretty incredible if you think about it, because you're creating income, sharing what you love to do, which is a dream for most people, right? (laughs) Yeah, sure, sure. And you know what? I've I've met a lot of people who've created blogs to make money. They didn't do it because it was something that they loved doing. They just thought, you know what? I want to travel the world. How can I make money? Oh, maybe I'll start a travel blog. But you know what? It shows through when people don't love what they're doing. It really does. You, you can't be looking at, at the bottom line all the time. You have to do something you really like and be passionate about. And I think that's, that's what led me to do it. And that's why I've been successful doing it. I enjoy doing it. Yeah, absolutely. There has to be a combination of making sure that there is passion to what you're doing and then also being realistic about it, right? Um, and yeah. creating income from that. And I think once you have that balance of both, then it's it's magic. It becomes magic, which is pretty incredible. So when you're doing this now, and I know you traveled in a lot of different places, and I know right now in Spain that you're both trying to get your permanent residency, what made you decide that Spain was going to be it for you? Because you've been You've both been to a lot of different places. Yeah. Well, we wanted to get our permanent residency somewhere in Europe. Back in 2017, after three years, we we, we were a little bit of t- tired of traveling and we settled down in Croatia for a year and in Split, Croatia. And we love Split. It's a beautiful city. We went through all the, the work required to stay there for a year. We had a temporary residence, but we just couldn't see ourselves living there long term. Uh, there was the bureaucracy, the the language, the connections are far from the rest of Europe. It's it, we didn't see it as a permanent solution. And Spain was always there. We both speak Spanish. It's an easy flight back to Canada or to Mexico. I have my mother in Mexico. It's modern. The infrastructure is modern. Traveling around, it's easy to travel around. Um, we can connect to airports all over Europe. So really, it, it, it was just a good fit for us. Yeah. So then, so we just decided, let's work on our permanent residency in, in Spain. And uh, it wasn't too hard. <laughs> yeah. How, how is that? Does it take a long time to get that permanent residency? And is there any type of, I guess, do they require anything in order for you to, to get that residency? Yeah. Well, first of all, you have to apply in your home country. So it, it was a challenge because we had decided this in 2019 and in early 2020, we decided to come to Spain and have a look at different places where we could possibly live. And that's when we got locked down in March of last year. We got 
locked down in Leon in northern Spain for four months. <laughs> and wow. so we had to decide we were stuck in Spain for four months. And do we go back to Canada? Do we just stick to our plan? And we decided just to, to wait it out in Leon. And as, as soon as they lifted the state of alarm, we flew back to Canada. We got all our paperwork together. We made our appointment at the Spanish consulate. Uh, it took maybe a month to get our documents together. We had to show financial resources. We had to show private health insurance in Spain, which I had arranged for. We had to fill out a whole bunch of documents. And from the time, so the document part of it took about a month. We had an appointment on the 1st of September. By the end of September, actually, it was more like three weeks. Uh, they okayed us. And on the 1st of October, we flew back to Spain. So it, it really didn't take a long time. The whole process maybe took two months. Uh, but there is a lot of paperwork involved. It takes uh, perseverance and, <laughs> and some research, but it wasn't that hard. Well, that's good to know because there's a lot of places, um, especially in the U.S., where it just takes so long to get anything done. And, you know, the system is just so crazy that it's, it takes months, sometimes even years for people to to be accepted as a legal resident. So that's good to know yeah. that you're you're able to do this in just a few months. And it's understandable that there's a lot of paperwork, but at least if you do it right, you get you get to do it in, in a quicker way, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we got one year's residency, which is what we started off with. And then you have to renew it twice. We just renewed it now. It's been almost a year. We renewed it. It's for an additional two years. No more paperwork for two years. And then we renew it one more time in two years' time. And so that makes a total of five years. And after that, you get permanent residency in Spain. So that's been our, our goal. We wanted to get permanent residency before we were 60, before we had any issues with uh, health insurance or anything else. We didn't want to be wondering... You know, we're 65 years old. Where are we going to go? <laughs> what are we going to do? What's our future? So we wanted to have permanent residency in, in Europe somewhere. Yeah, that's good thinking. Just in case anything, at least you have a place that you both want to live in. So, Frank, let's fast forward to about 20 to 30 years from now. And you're mm. looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave? And what do you want to be remembered for? Mm. Okay, well, I, I want to be remembered as someone who set out and achieved what he wanted. Somebody who had dreams and was going to make that happen. And really, that's, that's what I achieved. It's, it's, I made my dreams happen. I don't know what's going to happen over the next 20, 30 years. We probably won't be in Spain anymore. We might be somewhere else in Europe. But I always wanted that life of travel. And we both did. It was unconventional. What we did was unconventional. We left. I know a lot of people who had the same dreams, who had good jobs, just like I did, and who would never walk away. And we walked away. And for me, it was a tough choice, but it was also easy at the same time because I knew what I wanted. So I think I want to be remembered for having a dream and setting out and planning how to achieve my dream and, and achieving the dream. I love that. And it's also a great lesson to share that you can achieve your dream at any time. There's really 
nothing wrong with doing it early, middle, later, wherever you are. And you're right. There's a lot of people that are afraid to take the chance, even though they know it's something that they really want to do because there's a lot of fear that goes into it. And there's a lot of uncertainty mm-hmm. when you do something, right, that is unconventional, like you mentioned, and something that most people don't do. So it's definitely a risk, but it works out. <laughs> um, you know what, Debbie? You don't have to be a millionaire. That's the question I get all the time. Oh, you must be a millionaire. No, you don't have to be a millionaire. (laughs) You don't have to be. And and you know what? I think a lot of people feel that way or maybe think that because they want it to be impossible for themselves, right? Otherwise, if you say, hey, you don't have to be, you can do it right now, then there's less of an excuse not to do it. And then you're like, what am I doing with myself? So actually, you're right. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. Yeah, you definitely try to take it out as an option for yourself because it becomes an excuse. But then when you hear Frank's story and Lizette's story and so many other people that I've interviewed on this show where you can do it at any time, you don't need to be a millionaire, you can do it in a way that works for you and your lifestyle and however you want to do it. So it's never impossible. I think for the most part, it's just our mindset that stops us from doing it as well. So it's pretty insane what, what our mind can do for us. You know, it can either push us through or hold us back. <laughs> yeah, but I, I would never tell anybody to just uh, to just get up and leave. I think some people tell you that you should. I would never tell you that. I think it's it's based on you have to have the financial resources. You have to be ready, um, or or to have a digital to have something that you can do. Uh, overseas you know I mean my son is a perfect example my son he's got a good job he was working in Toronto he made about 50k a year and he he wasn't able to save any money Toronto's an expensive city I said you know if I was you I said I'd I'd go to Thailand I'd travel around and (laughs) do my work uh, remotely you can do that now I couldn't do that eight nine years ago (laughs) and he said oh you know dad i'm i don't have the same interest i don't care about travel so but (laughs) but at least it was there for him he could have done it and i'm sure a lot of people are in the same shoes they could do it if they really wanted to I love that you're the dad that tells his son to go out there and travel. Most of the time, it's the opposite. It's the son that's like, Dad, I want to travel. I want to go to Thailand, to Chiang Mai. And like, you're the total opposite. And your son is like, I don't care about that, Dad. And you're like, the total opposite. That's so hilarious. If he didn't have a a job, it would be totally different. He says, you know, Dad, I'm going to be a blogger or YouTuber and I'm going to go travel to Thailand. I said, forget it. Don't. You're wasting your time. Don't do it. (laughs) But he's got a good job in finance. And I just thought, you know, if I was in that position when I was his age, I would have done this 20 years ago. Really, no (laughs) kidding. I would have have left Canada many years ago just so I could travel. But we're, we're different. So Yeah. Well, there's like you mentioned, there's a lot of different opportunities now. So if you are interested in that, of course, there's a lot of different things that you can do to be able to work consistently and also travel like what Frank is doing right now and what he just mentioned. So there is a lot more things that you can do if this is really what you want for yourself. So before we say goodbye, Frank, I have five rapid questions for you. Are you ready to answer them? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, okay well, okay, we're gonna we're gonna ask it anyways. Okay. <laughs> so, what has been the best money you've ever spent while you were abroad, and why? Best money. Oh, okay. Well, I can't think of one big thing except except maybe going to South Africa. We went to South Africa for, for three months, and um, South Africa it's a bit expensive. And well, you have to f- pay for expensive flights. It's, you can't fly a discount airline to South Africa, and the accommodation Airbnb market isn't the greatest. So you're paying quite a lot for accommodation. But we had a such a great time in South Africa. And for me, it's still the highlight of our seven years of travel. We spent three months there. People are so nice. The food's so good. It's the most beautiful place I've ever been. Loved South Africa. So, and we did things there like paragliding and, and jumping off, uh, doing bungee and just so many activities. We rented a car and so much to see. It's such a beautiful place. So um, that was the best money spent, I think. What about your ideal day? Can you describe what that looks like? Well, waking up, uh, seeing something special. For me, my ideal day would be going on a long hike. And when we lived in Croatia, we had a few Croatian friends. And every couple of weekends, we would go hiking in the mountains around Split. And that was always the highlight for me. So a long day of hiking with a bottle of booze and a, a, a lunch <laughs> and just coming home after and taking a dip in, in, in the sea and having supper. And that's a pretty good day. That's, that's, that yeah. sounds idyllic for sure. Now, where would you say has been the best place that you've lived in as a remote worker? Okay, uh, that's easy. It's Prague is a place we go back all the time. And some people say Prague is is over touristy, but they don't know what they're talking about because the center <laughs> of Prague is touristy. But Prague is a wonderful city, and we go back every time. We stay in Vinorati, which is a beautiful neighborhood. We have a Czech friend who rents us her place, and we've really gotten to know Prague. The first time we stayed there for three months, we actually stayed in the suburbs, and it was it was a bit rough. But since then, we've learned, and now we have a beautiful place that we go to every time we get our dental stuff done. We go to the doctor there. We get our checkups done. We buy any new equipment we need, computers. Uh, it's been a, a, just a great base. It's a, it's a city you can get around easily. The food's good. People are nice. Uh, so Prague has been a great base, a place we've gone back to maybe six, seven times. Um, the other place that we really enjoyed was Lviv in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. We discovered that in 2018, and especially during midsummer when every, everybody's on vacation, the price of apartments in Europe goes sky high. We, we go back to Ukraine, and uh, we've loved Lviv. So that's, uh, we call it the mini Prague. It's a <laughs> beautiful city, so that's another favorite. And during lockdown, they're the two places that always come to mind for us that we really miss, Prague and Lviv. Love it. I will have to check that out once things start to open up more here in in the U.S., but love those. So, Frank, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? (laughs) Uh, To be able to transport and go anywhere at a moment's notice. (laughs) That's a good one. I wish we can all do that right now. That would be great. (laughs) 
Yeah. And so, maybe maybe not stay too long, but at least yeah. you know for for a few hours, and you know have lunch <laughs> here and have supper here, or do a hike here, or you know yeah. just uh, yeah. Love that. Like that, love that. Unless you decide to stay there longer, you know, you never yeah, know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the one thing that you wish you did sooner? I, I wish we had started traveling sooner, sooner than 2014, but. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Uh, we didn't feel secure before then leaving. We didn't know COVID would happen, so th- that throws everything off. You think that you can do this anytime. You can travel. You, that your life is laid out in front of you, and you can do anything anytime. But as COVID has shown us, and that might not happen. There yeah. stuff might happen along the way. So uh, we regret a, a few years where. Maybe we could have left a few years sooner, and and we didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy how these last two years have really shown us how things are not. You've huh, it's just so crazy, you know, because there's so many things that we can't do right now, and we really just took for granted before the pandemic happened, and now even just seeing your loved ones, you know, like you're separated from them for so long. It's it's been so incredible, though. But I think a lot of us have become so much more appreciative of what we have, which is really nice. Um, That's to, true to see that. I love it. True. Well, thank you so much for being here with us, Frank. I really love hearing your story. I think it's so incredible. Thank you again for being here. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Uh, on our blog, uh, The Travels of Barbecue Boy and Spanky. Love it. And I love that name, by the way. So <laughs> you all make sure that you visit that website because it has it's a really funky and awesome website. And uh, make sure you follow along Frank and Lizette's travel journeys along the way. Thanks again, Frank. We really appreciate you. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you. It's been fun. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Frank. Make sure to visit TheOffBeatLife.com. Again, that's TheOffBeatLife.com to get the extended interview where he shares how you can save money while living a full-time travel lifestyle. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold. Thank you.